Build in, lock in, strap in. It's the Fantasy Domination Podcast! All right, fantasy football freaks, we are back with episode four of the Fantasy Domination Podcast. And I want to start off by saying, well, we love our hair metal. It might have been more appropriate to start this week's episode with a little smash mouth, because tonight we are celebrating the great year that was 1999. Oh my goodness. Uh, well, welcome, Coach. And uh, by the way, just for folks who don't know who we are, my name is Rusty, and I'm joined by my good friend, the Coach, a 47 and one-third time fantasy champion, and that was just in the year 1999 itself. How you and doing, that, Coach? That one-third still burns. 20 years later, it still burns. I've never no. seen a three-time champ splitting the title before. It's amazing. That's how crazy 1999 was. That is right. And the only thing worse than sharing a fantasy title is sharing a wife, which I understand you have more experience than I do. The, I, think that, I thought we were supposed to be a family podcast. All right. So tonight, we are going to party like it's 1999. And do you know why we're going to do that, Rusty? Tell me why, Coach. Because right now what's happening in the NFL is organized team activities and mini camps. And you know what that means from a fantasy perspective? You know, Rusty, it means nothing. Absolutely, Absolutely nothing. nothing. Absolutely. You're right, Coach. Uh, it, well, I mean, unless you care about uh, hearing the hype on a bunch of guys who are turning heads in camp, quote-unquote, and then they are like the fourth guy off the roster uh, come September and August when it really means stuff. Hey, Rusty, did you hear about that sixth-round wide receiver that's really lighting it up on the third-team reps? Which, ty- which team, Coach? All of them, because every team has a sixth-round wide receiver who's lighting it up with his third-team reps. Building and that's up. why right now we don't care. So we're going to have fun. We're going to take a step back in time 20 years ago. When the NFL was a little bit different, when fantasy football was a little bit different, and when Tom Brady was still not an NFL quarterback. This is the last year we can do that because the next year, Tom Brady joined the NFL. And it's cast a dark pall over it uh, ever since then. But uh, 1999 was an interesting year. You know, fun fact, uh, Coach, my, my last ex-wife was only five years old in 1999. <laughs> And your next ex-wife probably wasn't even born. <laughs> my next wife, my next ex-wife may not have been born yet. Yeah. All right. So let's talk a little historical context here. 1999. It's not just a Prince song. There was a lot of stuff going on. It wasn't just the year the world gifted us Smash Mouth, but it was a year of things that were a lot different, a little bit different than what we have today. So. Let's let's do a little little pop quiz, pop you know, pop culture trivia here. Rusty, what do you think was the top song of 1999? Uh, I'm gonna guess 1999 by Prince. Oh, you would be absolutely wrong. Oh, nope. The top song of 1999 was "Believe" by Cher. Oh, is uh, and so thus the world was introduced to the hell that is auto tune. Thank you, oh, Cher. Yes. I appreciate that. Really do. Now, what's what's also interesting on this list of the top ten songs? Uh, this was 1999 was the year that gave us Britney Spears with "Baby One More Time" and Christina Aguilera with "Genie in a Bottle." So, uh, gentlemen, 
Start your enjoying popular music in a completely different and slightly inappropriate way. Uh, such memories. All right. We're going to try to keep our uh, our G rating here, so we're going to move on. Let's go to the top movies of 1999. Ooh. What, what do you think was the top movie of 1999? Uh, let's see. I think I was dating my second ex-wife at that time. Um, I'm going to go with... Uh... Oh, what would I have taken it to to try and get lucky, uh, Coach? Um, Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, no. Not in the top ten. Might not have even been a Nightmare on Elm Street movie in 99. And if it was, it wasn't good. Uh, maybe it's my but I'll, t- I'll give you a hint. The number one movie of 1999 was also not good. Oh. Maybe confusing my third ex-wife. Think, uh, think of outer space. Outer space. Spaceballs. No, that was the '80s. Think of a movie that came before a movie that was much, much better. Uh, Star Trek. Well, I mean that could have been true, but not in 1999. Oh, the oh, are you talking about the greatest? Oh, I know what you're going to talk about—a space movie. Terrible. Some consider the greatest yes. of all time. Yes. It must be The Phantom Menace. Oh, yes. Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. The one the that, that started it all, you might say, Coach. Well, the one that started something. <laughs> we went from a world where, where there was one great Star Wars movie, one enjoyable Star Wars movie in Return of the Jedi, and then layered on years and years of garbage. I don't know about you, Coach, but I thoroughly enjoy movies about trade wars. I mean, I you know, I am one for intergalactic policies on taxation and economic dispute resolution, but that movie was garbage. Just to fill out the top five, though, The Sixth Sense, Toy Story 2, Austin Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me, and The Matrix. So, interesting year in 1999, and that's just talking about the big money movies. Mm. All right. Now, for one more piece of little pop culture trivia. All right. Can you guess the top TV show of 1999? And actually, I'm going to make this harder. Can you guess the top three TV shows of 1999? All right. Here we go. Uh, I'm going to nope, go with. You're wrong. Oh, uh, wow. <laughs> Whatever uh, no. you were going to say, I guarantee you were going to be wrong. And you want to know why? <laughs> Because apparently I don't know pop culture as well as I, I was too busy chasing ex-wives. Because you might have said Friends, right? Or I was actually going to say Friends and Seinfeld and some other show, like like the Cosby Show or something else that was on NBC. Well, Cosby was a little late. Cosby was earlier than that, I think. Seinfeld might have wrapped up. Number one, two, and three in the year 1999 was Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday airings. <laughs> well, so that, if you... Uh... Oh. If you want a classic example of taking a great concept and driving it into the ground, we've got Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace, Three Nights of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, and Smash Mouth. So thank I, you, 1999. See, I think in all fairness to myself, Coach, I think I forgot I didn't get any of those right because I wanted to forget that year because it was so very forgettable in terms of quality entertainment. So I'm going to give myself a pass on that one. All right. So... That's what 1999 looked like. There was probably also political stuff going on or global issues, but who cares? Because we are here to talk about fantasy football. Was that when Al Gore created the internet? Was he president then? Uh, oh, man, now I have to think. 
Uh, I, not yet. No, wait. Yeah, no, he was on his way out. Sorry. He thought he was going to be president, and then it turned out he wasn't. Oh. I always get confused. But you know who was on the top that year? MVP Kurt Warner. The bag oh. boy, arena league quarterback, turned NFL superstar and Hall of Fame quarterback, I guess? I will always have a soft spot in my heart for Kurt Warner, who won me a dozen fantasy championships that year when I grabbed him in, like, Back then, we were drafting 35 rounds deep in our drafts, and I grabbed him there, and everybody laughed at me, coach, and I was laughing at the, who's laughing now, Jim? That's right, I took all your money, and your wife, and then you took her back, but that doesn't matter. Happened two years later. All right. <laughs> Getting deep into Rusty's personal history. So, I want to provide a little context here for what 1999 looks like, and in order to do that, I want to compare with what 2019, 2018 looked like. We don't know what 2019 looks like yet. I do. Oh, well. And I'm going to win all the leagues. All right. So, passing. Back in 1999, we were, we were on the upswing in quarterback passing. We hadn't hit the peak yet, but we were getting up there. But, you know, for example, last season... We had 12 quarterbacks throw for over 4,000 yards, and Drew Brees came up just eight yards short. In the in the jolly year of 1999, guess how many we had? It wasn't 12. In 1999? Uh, back then, we weren't throwing a lot as much, so I would say we'll get about two. Nope, we actually had five. five. Steve Berline, Kurt Warner, Peyton Manning, Brett Favre, and Brad Johnson. Oh, and oh, I see now. And number six was just 15 yards shy, the man who would eventually be replaced by a stupid Tom Brady. Yep. But I think what's interesting is you look at how some of these. Uh, Steve Berline. Steve Berline. You know, when we look at the top, we're seeing, you know, last season, Ben Roethlisberger had 675 attempts, Pat Mahomes, 580. Matt Ryan and Andrew Luck were over 600. Aaron Rodgers was almost there. Kirk Cousins was over. Back in good old 99, the top, let me just run down the list here. Well, Brett Favre almost hit over top 600. Otherwise, we're looking at guys more in the fours, you know, some top five. So Mm. back then they were throwing less, less yards. But, uh, you know, we're going to get to what makes that interesting, though, in in a second when we get to receivers. But what I love here, we're going back and throwing out some of these names. Remember Elvis Gerbach? Ah, uh, Elvis Gerbach. Uh, remember Kansas John City Chiefs. Remember John Kitna. I remember. Wasn't he a Cincinnati Bengal? I see him now. He was a Seattle Seahawk. Yeah, um, that was after. I guess he had switched teams. Hmm. We had the the tail end of Troy Aikman. Dan Flutie, Jeff George. <laughs> oh, uh, here's a name. Jim Harbaugh. Whatever became of that guy? Ah, that name sounds awfully familiar. I don't know what we need to do. Whatever happened to Jim Harbaugh? Oh yeah. Sometime. Yep. I bet he's still out there. Hey, Around. speaking of guys who might still be out there, Steve McNair was the 22nd ranked quarterback in yardage. Ooh. <laughs> too, too soon. Too soon. Well, I don't know. Has it been too long? Too soon? Too ignorant? You tell me. <laughs> hey, send us an email: fantasydominationpodcast at gmail you know who else was still kicking around the league right at the tail end there? Danny Marino. Damn, and, and, of course, Billy Joe Tolliver. Billy Joe Tolliver. 
some of these one of the one of the great quarterback names we talked about it in episode two what makes a good quarterback and it's the name billy joe is never going to be a super bowl winning quarterback (laughs) which you know what to his credit though he could have shortened it to bj tolliver and that would have been worse that absolutely would have been worse and All we, right, and, and if you remember calling back to one of our previous episodes, uh, uh, he would have been an absolutely terrible court. He would have been worse potentially because the whole initial thing. Hmm. That's why that was my point. So that's quarterbacks, you know. So we're seeing more passing plays overall, more more guys airing out the ball, more yardage. But we're going to get to receivers in a minute, and that's where it gets interesting. Now, here's one of the things I thought was really interesting. And I'm just going to pull this up here. 1999 running backs. We were a, in, the, in the golden age of the fantasy bell cow. Uh, one year away from the real peak. My but, goodness. So let's wow. do it. Let's, let's do a year-to-year comparison. Last year, 19, 2018. I don't know my years anymore. 2018. How many thousand-yard rushing quarterbacks did we have? Rushing quarterbacks or rushing running, running backs? Rushing running backs. How many running backs? How many players? I mean, if there's a quarterback that's stuck in there, great. How many quarterbacks last season? How many run? How many players last season had over a thousand yards? A thousand yards running. Uh, we don't get as many as we used to. I'm gonna say was it probably shy of ten, wasn't it? It was exactly nine. Oh, Zeke oh, Elliott, Saquon Barkley, Todd Gurley, and what might be his last thousand yard season. Oh. Uh, Joe Mixon, Chris Carson, Christian McCaffrey, Derrick Henry, and Adrian Peterson, and Philip Lindsay. Mm. And a couple other guys who came close in the high 900s, but that was it with nine. However, in the jolly old year of 1999, we had 14 running backs cross the 1,000-yard threshold. Look and we're talking some... Camps. I know. All, all these guys hitting over 300 touches for the year. You know... This And this was also one of those epic years, Marshall Falk, the, one of the great fantasy seasons of all time, except in touchdowns. <laughs> 1,381 rushing yards, 1,048 receiving yards. Odds are back in 1999, you weren't playing in a PPR league, but if you were, this guy was leading you to a title. As it was, he was probably leading you to a title. I remember, uh, 19, was it 1999 or 2000? One of those one of those games where it was a weird week, and I was playing against Marshall Falk, and I had Kurt Warner, and I had I thought I had this game in the bag, and he and Marshall Falk went off for like four touchdown runs, and I, but I just barely squeaked out by like a point or two. That guy was that guy was scary back then. Like if you didn't have him on your roster, you were praying because you were in a lot of in for a load of trouble. He was just dominant. Absolutely, so and you look at this like. I know we're, we're looking back on this fondly, but these, there are some names in here that are just fantasy gold from 99. Edger and James, Curtis Martin, Stephen Davis, Emmett Smith, Marshall Falk, Eddie George, Deuce Staley and Charlie Garner, maybe lower on the list there. Ricky Waters was always fun. Corey Dillon was reliable. Olandis Gary, well, I mean, he had a cup of coffee. Jerome Bettis, a young Jerome Bettis. Hmm. Dorsey Levins and Robert Smith. You know, these these are some... Household names in the world of fantasy. That was also the uh, the year of. Okay, I'm going to give you um, a stat line. The number All five right. running back in 1999 in terms of touchdowns, just purely touchdowns. So if you, a lot of folks were playing touchdown leagues back then, uh, I'll get to give you this: 
138 attempts for 555 yards. So not a a 4.0 yards per average, 10 touchdowns. Who's that running back? Well, all right, so... I mean, you're you're just by the basis of the attempts alone, we're ruling out the you know the Emma Smiths and the Marshall Falks of the world. Um, I mean, is that back in like half a season of Fred Taylor? No, uh, Fred... the uh, the delightfully named Tim Biakabatuka. No, but if you were Robert Smith owner, you were pulling your hair out every single freaking week. Not that I was a Robert Smith owner many times over that year, but I was. All right, so we're talking Minnesota. We're talking guy stealing. Oh, yes, that oh, guy. Oh, yeah, that was the Leroy Horde year. We're gonna start. I'm gonna start uh, after the 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 Billy Volek uh, thing I went off on last week. I want to. One of these days, I'm gonna start a a, a a section of the podcast called "Screw You" and then the name of some guy because I want to call back on all those guys who. I want to say screw you two for screwing me over in fantasy in fantasy games and championships. Leroy Horde, screw you. You're going to be one of the first that I talk about. <laughs> Leroy, stupid Horde. All right, now. Ten touchdowns. Uh, yeah, he, he, that was one of the great vulture seasons of all time. Oh, I, I, you know, you know, I'm looking at someone else. Uh, if I go, if I change that to look, uh, there was another guy back then. So we were kind of all start, starting to see the specialist running back thing happening, but it was more the goal line vulture was uh, was a big thing back then. Remember Mike Allstott? Well, of course, he was thunder to. Uh... Work Dunn's lightning in Tampa Bay. Yeah, that's another guy. Seven touchdowns of two hundred forty-two attempts. Uh, I mean, that's still that's still at least he, at least percentage. yeah at least he got some att- at least he was he was actually carrying the ball and not just coming in to steal touchdowns away from Robert Smith who earned those. Freaking now we're, ta- we're again if we're talking contrast in twenty nineteen two hundred and whatever carries that almost makes him an RB one. <laughs> that that does make him an RB one in terms of attempts. Which is amazing. That I look at these numbers now, and you're like, your top twelve, your number twelve guy caught two hundred and fifteen carries. Yeah, that's I not was... getting you. That's not Ooh. getting you anywhere. You're not sniffing the top. You're almost. You're at the bottom end of the top twenty four in nineteen ninety nine. That's yep. how the NFL has evolved. Number one is a passing league, but also with all the uh, the specialist roles, the third down backs, the goal line backs, uh, the number third and four and fifth goal line backs, like the New England Patriots seem to run. They have like six guys rostered on any given day. So you, it's just it's amazing uh, how rare those guys are now, and how the rushing the running back position has changed in the last twenty years. Well, even you look at the 99 draft, two of the top, what are we looking at, five picks? Or, sorry, yeah, two of the top five picks were running backs. We had mm-hmm. three quarterbacks went off the board in Tim Couch, Donovan McNabb, and Akili Smith. And then four and five were Edger and James and Ricky Williams. Now, Edger and James had a great career, borderline Hall of Famer. Ricky Williams had, uh, let's, uh, how about we say a colorful career? <laughs> he had something. And famous for one of the most bizarre trade draft day trades in NFL history or draft week, draft week trades when Mike Ditka of the New Orleans Saints said, literally, I'll give up my entire draft to go up and get Ricky Williams. And um, <laughs> was it? I think it was Washington said, okay. Uh, yes, it looks Washington. like it was Washington. I want to say it was Washington, yeah. I also want to give one more shout-out before we move off of running backs to uh, 
one of the more amusing, you know, flash in the pans from that from that era. The other Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, <laughs> a uh, not quite seven foot tall running back, not even quite six foot tall running back from uh, started off with Miami, came on big as a rookie in 96 with 1,100 yards and 11 touchdowns, followed that up with almost 900 yards and a 15 touchdowns. And then the following year, 960 yards and six touchdowns, then basically evaporated. Mm. He, he fell off the map in 1999, and then in 2000, he had uh, one game, one rush, minus two yards, and he was out of football. But just that was, those are the kind of guys we were loading up our roster with. Now, before we jump off our running backs, I do want to go one year forward. Because see, what what we're going to do, folks, is we thought, let's kind of look at hit the, the evolution of fantasy football. So over the course of this, this offseason, or maybe into the preseason, we're going to go from 1999 to 2004 to 2009 to 2014, then leading into our 2019 preview so that we can show you how the league has changed. That would mean, unfortunately, we would be skipping over the year 2000, and 2000 might have been the greatest running back year ever. Because I'm going to ask you, I'm going to ask you, Rusty, how many running backs had over 1,000 yards in the year 2000. Uh, I already have it up here. And the number is staggering. How many guys had a th- at least a thousand yards running in 2000. 23. That's in- right. Including the aforementioned Ricky Williams. So maybe the dra- that draft was, that uh, that trade was worth it after all. No, uh, he had a no, couple of seasons. No, oh, it wasn't. It, that was it, still it was, a stupid wasn't, trade. wasn't worth it. Dumbest um, trade of all time. It, 20- it makes Herschel Walker look like a genius trade. Yeah, 23 running backs that had over 1,000 yards. Eddie George had 403 attempts that season. Yeah, Good he carried... God! He carried the ball 403 times and added on another 50 receptions. How that guy still has knees, I do not know. That guy won me so many titles that year. I love you, Eddie George. <laughs> but look, you know, here we've got Edger and James, Robert Smith, Eddie George, Mike Anderson, so... This was when it was the the era of every year Denver had a different thousand yard running back. <laughs> Corey Dillon, a healthy Fred Taylor, Jamal Lewis coming up out of nowhere, Marshall Falk, Bettis, Stephen Davis, Ricky Waters, Curtis Martin, Emmett Smith, James Stewart, Amon Green, Charlie Garner, Lamar Smith. I don't even know who Lamar Smith is, but he had eleven hundred yards. Warwick Dunn, James Allen, Tyrone Wheatley, Jamal Anderson, the Dirty Bird himself. Tiki Barber, and rounding out the list at number 23, Ricky Williams. That's absolutely amazing. <laughs> I love the drop-off to the next guy, number 24. Yeah. Well, you can see, that was an era when teams literally had a top running back. Mm-hmm. And then after that, it was, you know, you either didn't have a running back or you had crap. Mm. Even that year, you had nine guys breaking the double-digit touchdown mark. You know, that's... That was just a crazy year. Let's let's compare again to 20, 2018, the year we just had. Six guys had more than 10 touchdowns. Mm. You know, that was also, we're getting into the era, um, or coming up on the era when you had, you know, the uh, those epic runs of LaDainian Tomlinson and Sean Alexander putting up just insane touchdown numbers. Mm. We're going to get to that in a future era. But that... You know, that is the golden age of the running back. That's when you started your draft going RB, RB. There was no RB0. <laughs> there was no, 
well, maybe I should take the best wide receiver first. No, you were grabbing two wide receivers or two running backs. You were slotting them in for almost a thousand yards of pop if you were lucky mm. and, you know, a, a boatload of touchdowns. That's Incredible. the era. That was it was a remarkable time to be playing fantasy football. It is not even close to that now. And, you know, I'll say that's part of what makes fantasy football challenging is as the league evolves. So too to your strategies, how you're going to play the game that that like it's a you mentioned the zero RB thing like that is a it is now like you would have been laughed out of the league. Well, you first you they would have taken your money first. Then they would have laughed you at you out of the league, uh, but now the these days that it, like the the cha- the way the game has changed has opened up those new and it's all about adapting, right? As you were saying, coach, you have to adapt to how things have changed, and that's what brings out all these different crazy strategies that you can really do. Now, if you go running back, running back to start, you 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 kind of look at like that guy who would have started with no running backs twenty years ago. People kind of look at you like you're so old school. It's incredible. Absolutely. And even like, you know, in the peep, you know, if you're looking at PPR rules back then, which I don't think many of us were, I doubt it was it. still off on the horizon, but even that was viable. So, you know, that was the golden age. We're going to take a quick break here and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about receivers because, oh, you want to see some other fun numbers. Let's let's talk the receiver class of 1999. Sounds we'll be good. back right after this. All right, we are back with the uh, Fantasy Domination Podcast, Rusty the Coach with you. Uh, so let's get into this uh, next bit. Let's talk about wide receivers. And we talked about before, they didn't throw the ball as much back then, uh, Coach, as they do now. Now they're just slinging the ball all over the freaking place. But but even though you, even though we didn't see quarterbacks throwing for as many yards, we're still seeing quite a significant number of yards uh, by guys uh, by wide receivers. Uh, it's just the way the maybe the ball isn't quite spread out as much anymore. So if I'm taking a look at 1999 in terms of uh, receiving yardage, we have a it was actually a very close two horse race uh, at the very top, and then a little bit of drop off after that. Do you know who was the top wide receiver that year? Well. Let's see, top wide receiver in 99. I mean, I want to say it would have been a St. Louis Ram, but then they might have been the only team at that time that was really spreading the ball beyond one or two guys, right? Yeah, the top St. Louis Ram was number 12 at 1,165 yards with Mr. Isaac Bruce, the Reverend Isaac Bruce. The Reverend. All right. And we know, well, we know Marshall Falk had his 1,000 yards that season. (laughs) Um Oh, I mean, there's a lot of guys who were at their peak back then. You know, you had Hall of Famers like Chris Carter, Tim Brown, Randy Moss, Marvin Harrison. Could have been any one of those guys. Maybe Keyshawn Johnson. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, you well, you did get one. You did name him in that list of names. It was none other than Starvin Marvin Harrison. Uh, yes. 1,663 yards. For comparison, though, if you look at the top receiver from 2018, Julio Jones got 1,677 yards. So they've, it, the, 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 amount, the the top wide receiver from 99 and 2018 were like a couple, like a first down away from each other almost. Well, a little more of a first down away from each other. So it's not uh, not that bad at all, not that much different. And I feel like back then we also saw a lot fewer receptions. So 
if you did happen to be playing in a very early PPR league, you weren't going to see, you know, those. I mean, how many did we have in '99? How many receivers had over a hundred receptions then you that can, year? You could count them on two fingers. So three, which is what Jason Pierre-Paul could do. <laughs> oh, oh, kids, don't play with fireworks. Do not play with fireworks. It not as end well. Um, so we had yeah two lack back then. Whereas this past season, if you count uh, Christian McCaffrey. I know he's not a wide receiver, but he's still topped that 100, 100 reception threshold. We had 11 guys. Mm-hmm. So we're seeing more receptions go to more guys. But back in 99, we actually ended up, and I find this fascinating, we had more guys topping 1,000 yards, which has always been that milestone. You know, mm-hmm. If you can get three wide receivers that are 1,000-yard threats every season, that's how you're going to win in fantasy football. Absolutely. And back, back then... We had 26 guys and three more that were within eight yards of going over. So we almost had enough for one per team. Yeah. Which is ridiculous when you think about it for relatively how much less they were throwing the ball around. Yeah. I guess it just, yeah, they're going, they were throwing the ball a little less, but they were feeding their top guys a lot more than they were. Which is uh, th- that's the only way we think about it. Now we, we, we have the spread offense. We're spreading the ball. Those third and fourth receivers, those third down backs are getting more catches. So that's where all those extra balls are going to. They aren't necessarily going to your number one guys. Funny. Yeah, and sorry, go ahead, Rusty. Uh, I'll just change it up some numbers here to look at uh, where we are. And even in terms, of, I think one of the things you notice too is the touchdowns have gone up. A little bit. the it, the The top uh, touchdown guy that year was Chris Carter, uh, with had thirteen touchdowns, and then you uh, you actually only had eight guys with double digit touchdowns. This year you had well nine guys with double digit touchdowns, <laughs> which apparently one of them was Mike Williams from the from the uh, whatever city they're in now, Chargers. I guess the Los Angeles. I don't know. San Diego. There always be the San Diego Chargers, uh, Super Chargers to me, coach, but. So it, it's crazy. The wide receiver numbers are not much different at the top, but I think they round about themselves out a little bit more uh, in the middle and the bottom in terms of yards and catches, etc. And of course, the catches are much uh, higher than they are back then. Now, here's another one that that's really interesting. If we look at last year, wide receiver teammates with over a thousand yards. I'm looking down the list here. We've got the Ra- the Rams which had Robert Woods and Brandon Cooks going over 1,000 yards each. Mm-hmm. And we have Minnesota with Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen each getting over 1,000 yards. Um, unless I'm missing somebody, that is two teams that had over a, th- had a pair of receivers with over 1,000 yards. 1999, my goodness, this was weird. Oh, Pittsburgh. Had- we got Pittsburgh. Oh, uh, I was looking for Juju right, and Antonio, right? right. Those, obviously, those guys are going to be. Uh, and if you count tight ends in there, you've got Tyree Kill and, and uh, Travis Kelsey as well. Yeah, we're just looking at wide receivers. <laughs> All right, screw that then. <laughs> All right. But, okay, so we've got three, three and a half when I get technical. Then we go back to the other, the other one. You know, back in, uh, in 99, you had Carolina with a pair of 1,000-yard receivers. And now we and, can answer the question, how the hell did Steve Berline lead the league in passing yardage? Absolutely. And if you even know who Patrick Jeffress is, congratulations. <laughs> You've been playing fantasy football a long time. Yes. All right. Green Bay that year, Antonio Freeman and Bill Schroeder. Bill Schrader. Schroeder. Good Lord. The, uh, the good old Denver Broncos with that combo of Rod Smith and Ed McCaffrey. 
2,000-yard guys there. If we're going to give the half point, we've got the St. Louis Rams with Isaac Bruce and Marshall Falk. Mm-hmm. And uh, who else we got? Who else we got? Who else we got? Washington. Washington. And I guarantee <laughs> you you would – if you bet your house on whether you could name the two Washington wide receivers with over 1,000 yards that year, you'd be living on the street tomorrow. <laughs> Those are certainly some names. <laughs> I've got Michael them in Westbrook. front of me. But... Michael Westbrook and Albert Connell. What? Wow. 1,000-yard receivers, Coach. 1,000-yard yeah. receivers. Detroit had Jermaine Crowell and Johnny Morton. Uh, kind of remember those guys. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah, kind of remember yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not unfamiliar names. But this this is what the year 1999 was. receiver. Yeah. And again, if you look at the guys who are knocking on the door, you know, we could have seen, uh, who knows, even more. You know, the Giants could have had two. They were four yards away, the Giants, from having 2,000-yard receivers. How good was that Minnesota team that year, 99? My goodness. Randy Moss was number three. Chris Carter was number eight in uh, in total in total yards. And touchdowns. Throw. And touchdowns, too. They, they had, both had double-digit touchdowns. That That was an offense that year. That was a spectacular offense. And did they win the title? No. <laughs> well, uh, no, not so much. No. That was a Brad Johnson year. Brad Johnson would later go on to win a title elsewhere, but not with Minnesota. Mm. So, yeah, it's interesting back then. We, you know, though we've talked about some of the big names, the legends. We've also got our Marcus Robinsons with his one big year. There's, a, there's another guy that's getting a screw you, Mar- uh, Marcus Robinson segment uh, one of these days, too. I got yeah. a, I got a bones to pick with him. Three you got so many bones. Touchdowns in the fantasy freaking football playoffs knocked me out of six leagues. Yes. All right. We're going to run down the list. <laughs> Pass your grudges. We've got Musin Muhammad, who had a nice run for Carolina. And, well, I don't know what else to say except he's probably not making a lot of Trump fan teams. <sighs> no, probably not. But you can know? we can we just give a tip of the cap? I have to do this because he won me a few titles that year. One Jimmy Smith. Uh, 1,636 yards. Didn't get a lot of touchdowns, but he was carrying you in terms of if you had him in yardage leagues, at least. That was uh, quite a se- That was probably the best season he had. And I, I, Just so I could say screw you to guys who screw me over, I'd like to tip the cap to the guys who won me a few bucks. As And, of course, half of that went to my ex-wives. But I need, I need the money, coach. I need the money. Yeah, that 1999 was Jimmy Smith's peak year in terms of receptions and yards. He was... Well, 300 yards better than any other season, you know, and otherwise he was normally in the 12 to 1300 range. He blew out to 1600 that year and had, yeah, he he was one of those guys that could have carried you to a title on that yardage number alone. Mm-hmm. And I one other guy, one other name I want to bring up here. Sorry, I'm just resorting my list here because I keep moving things around. Amani Tumor? Uh, not Amani Tumor. The, the the these two guys, Kadri Ka- and Rocket Ishmael, not teammates with a thousand yards, but brothers that both put up a thousand yards in the same season. Kadri for Baltimore and Rocket for Dallas. Oh, was that? I guess that was after he played up in the the CFL thing there. Oh, must have remember been. Remember that? Remember that uh, time? Uh. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> and for. And this and here, this one's almost a statistical anomaly, and we're going to end it on on this guy, thirty-four-year-old Miami wide receiver Tony Martin, sixty-seven catches for a thousand and thirty-seven yards. 
Still doing it at that old age. That's amazing. Well, <laughs> yeah, that's that that that, that is amazing. Oh yeah, I've, you know, going back, coach. The, if you go back, scroll down a little bit further, you'll see a name. Uh, just a, a guy at the end of his career. One Mister Jerry Rice. So if you were playing fantasy football '99, you might have owned Jerry Rice. Not what he was good, Jerry Rice. Yeah, but he was Jerry Rice. Wow. All right. You know what? I'm going to take that back about Tony Martin because I'm just looking at his stats. Now we're we're going to talk about a classic late bloomer here. That I mean, 20 years ago he might have been on the fantasy radar. Before that, I have no idea. So this guy, first five years in the league, played for Miami for four, and then moved to San Diego. Uh, he peaked with 50 yards and 885 or 50 catches, 885 yards. In the next five years, he had 1,200, 1,100, 900, 1,100, and 1,000 yards in 1999. That guy had a great five-year run. I don't remember him at all. <laughs> huh. So, you know what we're going to do? What are we going to give? We're going to give props to Tony Martin for having a wonderful, unrecognized career. Guy put up his numbers. 1996, he had 85 receptions and 14 touchdowns. If you had the foresight to draft this guy... You might have won a title with Tony Martin as your top wide receiver. So let's uh, let's give the proverbial tip of the cap to Tony Martin. I tip my cap to you, sir. And wrap up this look at 1999's wide receivers. So, Rusty, what have we learned looking back at 1999? Uh, well, I've learned that I'm very, very old, number one. Um, and we've learned that... It was. A, it, it, I think. I, I think what I've learned today, Coach, is that fantasy football will change, and and just because something is in place today doesn't mean it'll be the same thing tomorrow. Doesn't mean it'll be the same thing in five years. You you have to change with the times, and you have to change with whatever league. And the league will always evolve, and fantasy football must always evolve with it. And I think that's the biggest biggest takeaway it's nice to reminisce about all all the things but i think i think the, the days of the 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 bell cat running backs are gone yeah i think it's just never coming back uh i think we can look back and reminisce how great it was but we have to move on and i think that's kind of where i'm taking away from all this and it's also possible five years from now we're going to be going wow the era of the running back by committee <laughs> will never be seen again <laughs> rbbc is dead long live rbbc but, you know, Rusty, do you know how our fantasy football freaks can stay up to date with what's going on in fantasy football and make sure that they feel the winning team this season? How can they do that, uh, Coach? Tell us. They can listen to the Fantasy Domination Podcast. This has been a fun uh, you know, trip back in time. We're going to do these, as I said, throughout the offseason. But stay tuned because we are going to talk to you about some amazing, amazing Really great sixth round wide receivers that are doing awesome things in minicamp. Cannot wait to talk about uh, some no, guy. We are not going to talk about those guys. <laughs> We're going to have fun in the offseason. We're going to entertain you in the offseason. And once we get to actual meaningful practices where guys are playing against legitimate players on defense, that's when we'll know who the offensive you know, breakout candidates are going to be. That's right. So with that... We will end another exciting episode of the Fantasy Domination Podcast. But before we go, we are everywhere on the social medias, as it were. Uh, I can't remember half the names. Coach, you're going to have to help me up this. But we are on Twitter at. Yeah, hit us at Twitter primarily. We're the, at the FD Pod. 
We're also that on Instagram, but uh, I don't know. We have Instagram. Hit us there if you want. Email us at fantasydominationpodcast at gmail.com. Visit us at fdpodcast.com. Or, you know, like and subscribe on your favorite favorite podcast platform. Leave us a comment there. Preferably five stars, but, you know, do what you you do you. I think a couple of my ex-wives are on Instagram. I should go check them out. You wouldn't be the only one. So, ladies and gentlemen, have a great night, and thanks for listening, and the Fantasy Domination Podcast has been a production of Harpoon Media.